Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast. This is number 117 and we have a special guest um, who's joining us from Zihuataneo, Mexico, John L. Sullivan. And we'll say a little bit more about him in a minute. Uh, today we're going to be looking at, and we don't want it to be dry, it's statistics. Statistics about caregiving here in the country and probably the supplies just about everywhere but it's concerning to us. Some recent articles have come out with some information about how many times caregivers are not paid and what the ramifications that might be. Well, one of the things too about that uh, is that we know firsthand because we put, we put together caregiving teams. We've been part of them. We helped my wife before she passed away. But we, we have seen the toll that it takes um, to be a caregiver, and um, the kind of deep, intense commitment it takes for somebody to be a good caregiver. Yeah. Um, so we know that this is a real big issue. I think one of the things we're also seeing is the need is increasing astronomically um, because of the pandemic, also because the baby boomers are coming into their age. Uh, the aging over population. 65. Yeah. That's right. And the need is is huge, but. It's what really astounds me is that how little respect and acknowledgement, such a what I call a high calling, one of our caregivers, Marithi, right. uh, calls it a very high calling, um, and yet it's given such little respect and help and support. And it really, it needs to change because these people work so hard and they give of themselves so much. And it's actually a, a dangerous profession in the sense of what it does to the caregiver's body mm -hmm. and we've done a number of training uh, manuals and other shows about how caregivers need to pay attention to the impact of what they're doing on and the nature of the, the, the give and take of helping someone who's so sick or dying um, and we know that it, to be a caregiver you got to be able to give and it's a selfless type of giving for those of us that don't know how to do it, either you learn to do it while you're doing it, or you're going to burn out, and, or you'll get sick. That's what we've seen. That's one of the, those are some of the things that happen. Other things happen too, but I also think it's a, it can be one of the most fulfilling. I was going to say that. I know you'll get to it, but just the, how fulfilling it can be, and how how much you receive, even though you give so much of yourself, we know here how much you also receive. And that's the beauty of it. Um, you can't expect much back from someone who's so ill or they're dying and you've got to attend to them. But in giving selflessly with, with love and, and capability, it's amazing how fulfilling it is and how life-changing. John is a caregiver and has given very selflessly. You might say just a little bit about uh, his work. Well, I'll introduce you to John. is uh, John L. Sullivan. Um, the reason I like him because I like boxing and he used to be a world champion boxer, but that's a long time ago. He is a missionary and a pastor in Zihuatanejo, Mexico. And uh, you have to be there to see it, uh, to see what he and his lovely wife Betty, um, how they tend to the poor and the sick and the, uh, the disadvantaged in, in Zihuatanejo. It's, it's, and the orphans. Mm -hmm. Um, John has done an incredible job, Betty has done an incredible job, and it's very moving because we very rarely see that kind of incredible impoverishment here in the United States. It's 
as poor as our areas can be. It's very hard to imagine. But John has devoted his life, as his wife has, um, to taking care of others and being uh, very sacrificing and very giving about it. Um, he came up the hard way. He wasn't always like this, but he, he has been for a long time now. And that, he's a very good friend of mine and he's a good friend of the Institute. So he's on the show today. He's visiting, and I'm grateful because we love having him. Um, and I think they have him speak a little bit um, and join us in our conversation about what caregiving entails and what it what mm -hmm. it takes. Mm -hmm. um, so what do you think, my friend? This guy can talk. He's a pastor too. Yeah. It. Um, I've done so many different things in my life, from from boxing to a college student to you name it. It's good and bad. What I'm doing now is the most difficult thing I've ever done, but I got a purpose. And it's especially lately in Mexico uh, with the coronavirus, the beaches were shut down for about nine months and 50% of the population where I live, people are involved with tourism and it, they were hurting. And so we, we took food packages all over the communities, you know. Walk, most of everybody that we were with got ended up with a coronavirus still at the same time, you know. We put that aside, it was, that's part of caregiving. You know, you care about the other people before really where danger we put ourselves in. But my crew down there is phenomenal, strong bunch of people that I mm. that I'm really I'm really proud of. The, the team is so important. We've learned that too. When you're giving like selflessly like that, having a team, people who work with you and support you is so important. And we really have learned and, and, and built that concept to call it Lynn's legacy, but we learned how important it is to support have a mutually supportive caregiving team and um, in fact as things settle down here and we get over the grief of losing Lynn we are in our nonprofit going to build new teams to help folks families in need which is an enormous we can see that from here yeah. what kind of need we already know it but it's getting clearer and clearer the growing need yeah and I notice I look in the paper every day I read editorials in the Wall Street Journal New York Times there are articles on caregiving every day and they're all good, um, some more enlightening than others. So we know that this is, they wouldn't be putting them in the, the paper every day if this weren't a growing need. But anyway, we wanted to convey it because I think for number one, we set up these podcasts originally to support caregivers, mm -hmm. and we didn't feel we could reach enough of them um, the way we were doing it because we were at a more one-on-one, uh, more, in, on one. more individual which is good. We love doing that. But, right. Um, we'll never we, stop. No. But this was another opportunity. And that's what how this all began. And uh, so now we're at a point where we're, we're seeing the need grow. We're seeing the cost, and I don't mean just financially, although we'll talk about that in a minute, of the, the, the price that caregivers pay in giving of themselves. And uh, that we, we reach a point, they reach a point where they're actually physically begin to break down. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm talking about some of the more gifted people as well as those that just do it for a job. Um, because it's taking on so much of that energy. You're in there, you're an empathetic type of person, you're giving, where the other person can't necessarily give back. They're sick, mm -hmm. they're dying, they're, mm -hmm. they're in terrible shape. But we're absorbing and being with them. Not only are we giving, we're absorbing their energy too. Their energy, and it's often a distress that you feel, that, that energy, pain or distress or... Uh, anything that can be uh, natural 
for someone who is not well at that time. Yeah, there's nothing, I mean, of course, but you just mentioned it. Um, you begin to feel what's going on. Well, what we discovered is not all caregivers, in fact, many don't feel the toll that it's taking on them until they really are in trouble. That's true. Um, so we've learned to train people and teach them how to, about self-care, how to pay attention to the, what that energy is, is uh, doing in their own bodies and what their energy is becoming. So we, and also to pay attention to the emotions. We've seen more caregivers start off so loving and so giving, and after a period of time, we see them get resentful and bitter and exhausted, and eventually they don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Or they, re, they begin to not treat the people they take care of. We've seen that too many times. So we know this is a, a costly, painful calling, and yet it's crucial. And the need for it is growing exponentially. Um, so I think having John here, I can attest, because when I first would go with him to Zihuataneo, the thing that bothers me about Mexico is you have the wealthy, and three minutes away, you have people literally dying in the streets. And I'll never forget yeah. one of the first times I went with, with John and Betty. There was actually a lady dying of cancer right in the street. Do you remember her? And she was in terrible pain. And I remember we did everything we could for it. And I didn't feel like I could do much. And we knew how to work with pain. And, and, and then uh, we did what we could for it. And then later on, John said she was so grateful for what you did. And I was thinking to myself, it didn't feel like we, I even made a dent, and he says you did, because nobody is there to help these people. And she just lied there. I think that John said she just stayed there until she died. Am I right? Yeah. Until she died. Mm -hmm. I was appalled. Yeah. But that was only the beginning of my visits to Zihuataneo. We've had many others, um, and it's an abomination of what these people go through. So John and Betty are in the midst of it for years now. Um, and they've sustained themselves somehow. They sustain themselves. They're spiritually very enriched people who are very de uh, devoted to God and uh, serving Him and following the purpose and calling mm -hmm. upon their life. So they, they turn to the Lord. I think He's one of the... We know a lot of spiritual people. We know a lot of religious people. Uh, we are ourselves spiritually very uh, strong. But John's got a much more... when he When he's with us, it's so sincere and genuine, and the integrity and solidness of it is, I don't know too many people that are like him, Betty. Uh, and it just, it's very touching, because they have to live it. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, they're not gonna make it. It's that serious. Mm -hmm. So to have him here and to have him on the show today is so relevant and important. And we love him, I love him like a brother. And uh, I'm so glad that he's here. Yeah, that's right. That's mm -hmm. nice. <laughs> he actually came, drove up here before Lynn passed away, and he, he prayed with her. And I, I know how much that meant to Lynn. Yeah. And his wife was on the phone from Mexico praying with Lynn, too. Yeah. It was some of the most touching moments. Mm -hmm. And I know how much it meant to Lynn, because yeah. she loved him. So um, he's a pretty important guy. We're glad to have him up here. Yeah. And. Um, we're talking to these folks today because we want, to know, we want them to realize we understand more and more how important this is and how, what a high priority mm -hmm. issue this is. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, this is what the show is about today. I did read a couple of um, papers. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Don't no, worry about papers. it. More papers. We found more papers I don't do good like that anyway. Yeah. But I wanted to read about um, 
some of the things that are coming up, uh, AARP has done a lot of studies, but some of the statistics are mind-blowing. They are. They're worth mentioning. Yeah. There are, what is it, um, there are 4.6 million care paid professional caregivers. direct care workers. Now, unpaid family member and caregivers are mm -hmm. something like... 42. 42 million. Ten times more people and growing. are not paid for direct care. And the unpaid bill really is $470 billion a year. Yeah. That is the most astounding thing. These people, and we know, work, for, we, in fact, we had some of our volunteers, they, they wouldn't let us pay them. They work for, these folks and loved ones and, and good people in the community work for nothing. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing that, and there's very little government support and acknowledgement no. for these needs. Um, and there's a lot of campaigning and lobbying these days. There are some uh, some things in the works, that legislation that could be voted in, but I think they're only just starting to really comprehend how big this is going to be. Yeah, and I, I think that, um, I'm not political here, personally, it's not where I am, but this article says President Biden has called upon uh, for a major investment in the caregiving economy. Um, and they've been talking about the legislation, which I don't think is coming to... to uh, it hasn't come to a no. vote yet, no. But there's a couple of things, that, a few things. One is called Under the Better Care, Better Jobs Act. would give more money for Medicaid funding for caregivers mm -hmm. uh, to improve the access and quality of home-based care, increasing wages and benefits for direct care workers, Improving training standards, which we provide a lot of training. Mm -hmm. yes. um, easing access to respite care, that is self-care. That's a, phew, hugely, so important. Um, and then there's another one called the Social Security Caregivers Credit Act, would be, uh, provides retirement compensation for those people who leave their jobs to look after family members. I can attest to mm -hmm. how difficult it is. I did both, and frankly, I know I know myself and I'm capable of doing a lot, but I know most people couldn't pull it off. No, and you had a team, and, and not every family can put together a team. No, I had six I had six team members, and I was thinking, now how did I pull that off? Well, I know how to do business, and I would raise money. If I didn't have it, we would find ways to raise money to pay. But fortunately, over an extended period or five years, I was able to cover it most of the time. That was a lot of caregivers. Most people we find can't even afford one. No. So we've used our, we've changed our uh, nonprofit to not just for the caregiving teams for veterans, but for all caregivers. And we're actually raising money um, and looking to raise more money now to help these families that can't afford caregivers and help with training, help with mental and emotional care and physical care. <coughs> we know it's important. We also know how expensive it is. Yeah, we do. Once we decided to change that particular part of our nonprofit, we were tapped out financially in less than four months very helping family members, very helping families. Yeah. So we know it's very expensive and that the need is really great. There's another one called the uh, Credit for Caring Act, which would provide federal tax credits for eligible care, family care members. Um, then there's another one called American Families Plan, which would give 12 weeks of paid family and medical leave. All of these things, to me, tell you how important this is and how shabbily yeah. the caregiving community and profession has been treated, especially in this country. I know that it's, other countries don't pay well, but I'll tell you one thing. 
there's an emphasis on the quality of being a caregiver from many cultures we've seen this. Um, from the time they're kids, they know how to uh, deal with the elderly, the sick, the dying. It's an amazing thing. I don't think the United States has that built into its culture. I was just going to check with John because I know, at least traditionally, there was more of an emphasis in Mexican families for caring for the generations. Is that is that been your experience? Yeah. It is, but there's such so much poverty out there right now. The caregivers, they live with almost nothing. Yeah. My team, most of my team doesn't doesn't get enough. We try to help them out the best we can, but they, they're there. They're helping their, they're helping their own people. You know, mm -hmm. but still, then we got people coming in all the time that, that come to our English speaking church that get involved with us, and, and uh, so we're trying to. I'm trying to do the same thing. I'm trying to raise money for our caregivers, what just about, so like, they can survive. You know. How about like children? Are children taught in the home to respect and care for like grandparents and help out with things like that? I, boy, I don't want to come against the culture of Mexico. Something I'm probably never going to completely understand. I know in, in our Christian churches, though, the people are really involved with their kids, really care about them. Outside of that, it seems like it's just they're just trying to exist. It's yes. just too much just to try to exist. Just to exist. Yeah. Is, is, yeah. You know, okay. and, uh, we, we have seen uh, in other cultures, not just, but we had some Mexican caregivers we that did. are angels that work with us. We've had them from Fiji. Fiji's, but what we see is their culture has a certain understanding about caregiving that they, they don't have a, a look down upon it as part of their life because there's so many people that need it. Mm -hmm. um, and he's right, most of them are at impoverishment levels. Yeah. We find here in the United States, if you really look at it, a lot of the caregivers get paid so little or not enough, to, they're at subsistence level. Mm -hmm. And we've seen so much of that um, here in the United States as well. And we've seen it too. Yeah, there needs to be, a, the shabby treatment of caregivers has got to change. Um, they deserve our highest respect. Right. We know that, we feel that way. We do. And training, which we've set up, we have training um, for them, and we've gone to agencies, which is a mistake, because we find that the agencies charge a family a lot of money, but the caregiver who does the, the caregivers work themselves get very little get, like, of that. Wage, yeah. And when we asked about it, we weren't told the truth a number of times, and then we asked the caregivers that it was quite a discrepancy, mm -hmm. but the, but the ch agencies charge quite a bit. So the models that exist are not going to really, we don't see that they're really going to work for what's where we are and where we're going. Some changes are going to need to be made. Mm -hmm. I just want to mention we have just a few more minutes and so um, how do we, what do we want to really leave with the people listening today? What, what, would, what is important for them? What can they be thinking about and doing if they find themselves in this situation or if they have a heart for it? Well, I'll tell you what, a lot of us um, are going to find ourselves in that situation, either needing it. I know I have a very close friend from early sports days, just had a stroke several weeks ago. We all can find ourselves either needing it or having to give it. I don't think, I think one of the fantasies that needs to be uh, taken away is it could never happen to us. That is a complete fantasy. It can happen and does happen to almost everybody. Mm -hmm. So we feel that, that, number one, we know 
that we're going to be, as far as the, the Institute of Sergeant Nonprofit and as far as this podcast, that we are going to be out there doing everything we can to support caregivers um, and also to improve the quality of what caregivers can do mm-hmm. and for their longevity. Their longevity. So we're very much, very committed for that. Um, um, we, we want people to know they're not alone and that we have the highest regard for caregivers and what they go through and what they sacrifice. I also know from personal experience what, how costly and, and pain and emotional woundedness and grief that we've seen them. We help caregivers. We are those ourselves. We know the cost of doing this in more ways than one. So we're, we're doing this today because we want to acknowledge how important this is with the pandemic in our face again um, and the changes that that's brought in the last couple of years. Um, we know that this thing cannot be ignored and we want to make sure that we do something. I think in Japan they have the oldest population they call it. Uh, Very aging, yes. Yes, and I'll tell you what they call it. <laughs> because it was a I can funny, tell you. But yeah. not really. Let's see. It's called Kaigo Jikokuku. It's called Caregiving Hell. And I'll tell you something, that's what it can feel like it at times. Yeah, it, it's, it's a terribly hard thing to do. With our teams, one of the beauties was we could support each other, right. and we did. And we kept an eye out for each other. And we did, and yeah. it worked so beautifully. And so, in my case, my wife was the receptor of the most wonderful care to her last breath. And that's the way I wanted it. But so did everybody on our team. Yeah. They were so, so today we're very close as a team. Yeah. And even though Lynn is gone, we just we have dinner together. We make sure that, and we expect in the future to continue doing this work for other people. So that's what we want this podcast to convey. We are going to be working on this. We understand your plight, and please be in touch with us because we'll do all we can to support you and help you. And. Um, we understand the, the toll that it takes, and we want you to do this before you burn out. Yes. Because once you burn out, you don't, you won't do this anymore. Emotional drain is one thing, but burning out—it's almost like a lost cause. So we want to do this to prevent that. So there's a longevity factor in all of this, and that all the folks that need caregiving receive the best quality of loving, sacrificing care they can—that's out there. I do want to thank you, and I want to thank John, too, and I consider John part of our team here. He is. We always appreciate having him here with us, and so thank you for being here, John. He's a a gift to us. He is. He is. The Survivor's Guide to Life podcast is sponsored by Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, a 501c3 charity, and their website is sctraumatreatment.org. Please consider donating to help keep us on the air. Our podcast is on all of the outlets, and we have our own YouTube channel. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages. Please like and share. Uh, Peter and I can be reached at 707-781-3335 or Jenny at BernsteinInstitute.com. Thank you, and uh, please join us again next time. And hang in there. Keep the faith.